Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Well, how's she cotton? Well, how are you now, Skip? Are you a doorboard or are you a ladyboard? We'll learn him. We'll learn him. No harm, no foul. Ah, Jesus, tis your one. Tis yourself. Hello and how are you doing? What is the story? How are you getting on? What's the crack? You have tuned in to one of my two episodes I have released today of my first episodes of Tis Yourself, my podcast. And I tell you, you're a fine lad and lady. The lottie is whoever is listening to this, which is probably just my mom and my sisters and maybe one of the lads. But um, if that's all it is, that's all it is. I <laughs> know. Um, oh listen, if you have found this podcast, whatever way you did um, and you've pressed play and you're still listening, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. So as I said, these are my first episodes of Tis Yourself. If you don't know anything about me, um, my name is Nicola Byrne and this is if you are not a friend or family member and you want to know, you don't know anything about me. My name is Nicola Barden and this is my podcast I've decided to launch. I used to be a radio host and I podcast out my celeb interviews from that. The show was called Weekend Buzz and it's still available if you would like to go and hear any old episodes on all the usual spots. Obviously where you're listening to this, it's there too. Um, but I love that job. I love talking to famous people, to normal people, to finding out a story about them. And when the show ended, I decided I wanted to go out on my own and do this and get some people that I'm fascinated by, people who have got amazing stories. I want to hear from their point of view and maybe people I don't know that much about and kind of get to their stories. So, of course, I want to talk about what Tiz Yourself is about. Obviously, it's hard to say it without putting on a really thick culture accent. Tiz Yourself. Um, so occasionally you might hear me in my um, mix of Mullingar and RD and Dublin accent that I have. Born in Mullingar, raised in RD when I was 11 and moved to Dublin. So you're going to hear different <laughs> different levels of my accent. Um, but tis yourself, if you're from outside Ireland, that basically means, ah, it's you. And I want to find out about who you are if you, if I'm interviewing you. What do I not know about you? What do the people not know about you? And instead of writing a load of questions down or having a script that people use all the time because you find sometimes with this podcast people ask the same questions you know all the time and that works but I don't want that I don't want to be trying to steer things back so I can get a, a question in I want to be able to let the person talk or like if it's going in, in a random direction let it keep going that way let's just keep going and see where it goes so the only question I ask is how do people know you best so 
I'll ask the person that and they'll tell me if it's from a TV show, if it's from a, you know, a band they were in, whatever it is. Um, and from there, we just kind of let things go, let the conversation flow as is and get to know each other. And I feel like I've made some friends in the episodes I've recorded so far. I feel like I know them and they know me now because we're practically in confessions with each other. But this episode you have chosen, I was very excited about and uh, it's a band that I raced to see at Electra Picnic a few years ago. And uh, I remember myself and my friends were like, basically, once we heard this band was going to be there, you know, we were like, yes, everybody else was like, oh, my God, Hosier's going to be there. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, but Hosier's brilliant. But also Bewitched are going to be there on the Electric Ireland tent. Give me that. I need that in my life. So we did go and we had a ball and um, I wanted to get one of the girls on and I wanted to get Edel on, Edel Lynch. She has done some reality TV. She's been on Celebrity Big Brother. She's been on The Apprentice here in Ireland. Um, but also she's, you know, one of the main singers of the band. She's a twin who's also in the band. Uh, you know, she comes from a famous family. Her brother's a singer who was in Boyzone. So like there's a lot going on there. And myself and Adele had great crack at the end. I was inviting myself over to visit her in London. Um, she may have a restraining order of that put up by the time COVID is lifted. Um, but no, she's so lovely and so honest. And that was the thing that, you know, really came across. And I think, you know, I think you'll really enjoy this. And also, it might terrify you when you hear how old Say La Vie is. Yeah, it scared the crap out of me. So I'm going to let the chats flow here and uh, just prepare yourself for that mini hard take if you were, if you were around. <laughs> just in your head, how old do you think it was? Yeah, probably double it. Hi, Nicola. How are you? Hi, Adele. How are you? I'm all good. Thank you so much. Um, we have so much to talk about. I always start the podcast by asking people, how do the public, how do people know you best? They know me best from Edel Lynch from Bewitched. I was the lead singer, one of the twins in Bewitched. So two of the same face. <laughs> 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 like throughout the years I still cannot tell like you know you could be Kiwi there really Excuse me. are you serious have you never noticed that I have this big giant scar in the middle of my forehead that Kiwi doesn't have I have never noticed that um, no, I do well and when we in go. doubt and when in doubt or if you can't see the scar just when in doubt look for the grumpier one that's always me <laughs> <laughs> so how like how did Bewitched come about? Because I know it was yourself and Kiwi that kind of were like the driving force behind this. Oh, that's so funny. I haven't been asked this um, question for so many years. Um, really, it was kind of each of us separately wanting a career in the entertainment industry. And I secretly always wanted to be a singer when I was younger, but I didn't really say it out loud till I was about 13. And we used to drive to Portugal in a converted high ace van that was a camper and one of the days I was singing along to Eternal Flame by the Bangles and I was kind of had my eyes closed just singing along to myself and when I opened my eyes my sister and my mom were just sort of staring at me like with their jaws dropped a little and I was like oh I was like why are you looking at me like that and they were like you can actually sing and I was like oh that's nice and they were like no you can actually really sing and I was like oh really so I was like oh good so from that day forward I was kind of like I'm going to focus on singing so we all uh, we're in this dance centre called Diggs Lane. You probably know it, Nicola. Um, unfortunately, it's not there not any longer. But we were all part of that in different ways. Um, Sinead was in college there. Lindsay was in a class with Graham Cruz. And myself and Kiwi were dance teachers at the time. So I had decided that I was going to do a singing demo tape. And then I met this um, girl called Sinead. 
and we went out for lunch. Now she was a bit of an oversharer, Sinead. I thought like, oh, she's like she's nice, but I don't know why she's telling me all her woes with her boyfriend, etc. You know, thought it was very strange. And from day one, I was like, okay, well let's roll with it. So we went for lunch, and she was like, what do you want to do with your life? And I said, I'd love to be a singer, so I'm going to do a demo tape. And she went, oh, I'd like to be a singer as well. And I was like, all right. And I was like, why don't we just do a demo together? And then I said, I have a sister. Why don't we just get her to do it as well and just put a little band together? So. It was all incredibly naive and that's exactly what we did. But when she, when Sinead came to meet Kiwi, she, she kind of answered the door. The two of us answered the door and she was like, oh. And then I kind of looked at Kiwi and then we sort of were like, what? And then Sinead was like, there's two of you. And we were like, oh, this makes sense. So all the while I was thinking, why is this girl oversharing with me? But OK, Kiwi was thinking, why is that girl ignoring me all of a sudden? We were really good friends. <laughs> <laughs> hilarious like so it was really that innocent and then the three of us did a demo tape and just sort of felt like somebody was missing and then Graeme Cruz our friend at the time said I have a girl in my class called Lindsay Armau and I think she'd be perfect for you guys so we we interviewed her and in all fairness like it wasn't like any kind of audition or interview she came in she had her hair slicked back with gel short hair at the time tracksuit bottoms and sang this little song that she'd written with a friend and we were like okay you're in you know (laughs) Um, um, that is it that's how it came about although the story as it's told I think I think there was a story made up at the time for press purposes like Kiwi worked in the garage as a trainee mechanic which was actually true Lindsay came in and needed a new wheel or something and she changed her wheel or I don't know what it was some jargon <laughs> that's hilarious so they made you have like a fake setup story because obviously they're like this organic story doesn't work for yes. us yeah, the organic story, which I've just told for 10 minutes on your podcast, which you've probably gone, this is boring, <laughs> didn't work. <laughs> it wasn't quite as exciting as Kiwi being a trainee mechanic and in kickboxing. I think they wanted to get those two things out in the open. So they made a story up around it, like, which is funny. So they're funny. like, we really like the fact that she's a mechanic. So let's see, let's just use that. That's gas because you hear now a lot of yeah. people who were like celebrities in the 90s come out now and say, you know, I was in a fake relationship because publicity wise you know and it's gas you're like why we were never made do the fake relationship thing we were made pretend we were single all the time actually it was the opposite really not that anyone nobody cared whether we wished we're single or not like you know what I mean it was uh that was really for the boy band members I kind of understood that a little bit maybe but for us no not at all that's gas that they're like listen I don't care you're going out with John for 10 years you need to just be real quiet about it (laughs) Honestly, like, you know, that's no word of a lie. Sinead was going out with Michael for years. And, you know, it was just like, oh, no, you've, you've got to keep him away from your work and you've got to be quiet about it. So she used to, like, sneak him in around the back or hide him around corners. It was ridiculous. Like, it really was going to make a difference. But for some reason to them, it did. Just nuts. Pop music in the in that era, it was so huge. Like, whatever about music now, it's, it's very multi-genre. But... Pop was like dominating all the bands, the boy bands, the girl bands. So mm-hmm. maybe they were just trying to make sure their prized possessions weren't going to go off and leave them. Maybe, I don't know. Or sometimes I wonder, did they not know as much about girl bands as boy bands and figured maybe it would be the same? Because with the boy bands, it's like, oh, you know, make sure that they don't have a girlfriend because the girls maybe no, won't follow them, follow them if they're not single. But um, nobody fancied any of us anyway. They always fancied Lindsay. He used to drive me insane. It's like, don't put me in a band with her. She's stunning. It's like you're standing beside her. You go, I've got no chance here with anyone. 
<laughs> we all feel like that when we think we're like our friends are more gorgeous than us. But I'm sure now you had your had your fair share of admirers. Do you know, do you know what? I have to tell you. Not really. And people even now, even nowadays, I find it hard for people to approach me at all. But maybe I'm unapproachable. I do have that kind of grumpy looking face that I'll kill you if you say the wrong thing. (laughs) So you're saying like no one would come up and chat you up now? No, not at all. I'm very rarely chatted up, I have to say. Very rarely. Um, I know. And isn't it mad with this pandemic? I mean, I wonder all those apps I wonder how they're doing like Tinder etc they're probably still busy anyway I don't know I don't know I've given them a try and deleted them a hundred times have you yeah have you yeah I never have I've never done it I just can't get my head around meeting someone online it's like I like that organic thing about meeting someone whether it's at work or even out and about I can't now my twin is married from an online dating thing so it works for some it It does work Yeah, maybe you're like me. I prefer to kind of immediately meet someone and kind of know I fancy him a bit or I'm bouncing off him a bit. Definitely. And I also, it was really sad, but I like someone to know someone. That's always like, we've got a bit more of a background check there, you know. (laughs) You're like, come here. I met this guy, Mickey Joe. Uh, a murderer. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Can we find someone who knows him so I can get some background scoop? But I guess that's what's good nowadays with social media and Facebook. You know, sometimes you meet someone and you kind of go, okay. And they go, oh, this is my socials. And you look and you think, oh, there was a, you're tweeting some really odd stuff there. I don't think I'm into you. Like, <laughs> Oh, definitely. I have done that. I've seen people and then you go on to their Twitter or their Instagram and they're like, Trump is brilliant. And I'm like, no. Nope. <laughs> You're out. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, I, I would have just assumed that because you know, you're like, you're so gorgeous and like they're known as well that people would be coming up to you and nearly chancing their luck a bit. That's very kind of you to say I'm gorgeous. I will take that compliment. Um, no, I don't know if maybe it does the opposite when they know you. They think, why would she go out with me? Maybe. I mean, and it's years along. It's like, dudes, I was famous quite a long time ago. So let's just start approaching me, shall we? <laughs> there you go. The call is out. Any lads who are listening? <laughs> I was, uh, I got a, on Valentine's Day I, for two years in a row now, I've got a card from a secret admirer. And I honestly don't know who it is, but I kind of nearly, am I allowed curse on here? <laughs> It kind of nearly pissed me off because I was like, are you having a laugh? I'm a grown woman. Spit it out. Who are you? Like, put it on the <laughs> table and let's see if we're bothered or not, you know. But sometimes people think, ah, that'd be lovely. She'll feel nice about herself. It's like, no, I hate that. Just hit me with it, kids. Let's just see whether this is a thing or not, you know. You don't want to go and spend five years going building this secret Myra up to be a beaut and then you figure yes. out who it is and you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then it's like, what? You kind of, in a way, I'm like, are you just too wimpy to say it yourself? Because I'm not into that either, you know? It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. You want the guy that kind of takes a little bit of a lead. You do. I mean, I don't want anyone to be my boss, I say, but it is nice for them to take a lead. And be confident enough in themselves to come forward, like, you know. What was it like when you were, um, you know, in the band and younger? Like, you guys were always on, I always remember these when I was younger, like the Smash Hits tour and all those. Like, it would never work now, but you had the biggest celebrities going on tour around the UK and Ireland or whatever, in tour buses and parties and all that. Was there any real time to kind of go out and... There wasn't. I mean, we were so busy. Honest to God, we were up at 4am most mornings and not in bed until after midnight and that was most days for a few years in a row there was no room for anyone 
Sinead, I think, was maybe lucky because she had she had that basis of a relationship with Michael before she even came in. She's married to him now, before we even started the band. So I think she was lucky to manage to pull something through because it was very hard to it was very hard to even meet anyone. Um, I was looking. I dated a security guard of ours for a while, and he was lovely, and it made total sense because he was on the road. It was just like, oh yay, I bring him along with me, you know. Yeah. Well, Smash Hits was brilliant. You know, it was such a good gig to do. But and if you wanted some kind of downtime there again, you just had to be stay up late at night and be too tired the next day. And I just loved my job. I absolutely hated staying up late and being too tired to enjoy my job. So I always went to bed. I was a bit of a, a bit crap like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how the people did it though. I've I've heard interviews with like let's say Five or S Club or whoever, and they're like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, we partied every night, and then we get up, you know, and just went and tore." I'd be I'd be dying. I'd be getting sick everywhere. Honestly, I don't know how they did it either. I, you know, some people maybe get into it for the party element of it. I th- I genuinely got into it for the singing, and I once was really tired. I'm trying to think what happened. We were gigging in America. We were doing an outdoor. outdoor festival in America and I think we had flown on a 10 hour flight and literally straight there and then straight onto stage and I just didn't enjoy myself I have to say I really didn't and I found it hard I I, I was really annoyed about it and I got off stage and gave out to my manager I said don't do that to me again because I like my job don't make me not have some kind of rest before I go on (laughs) it really wrecked my head well it would because like those flights are not like even if you sleep on them they're not comfortable they're not You know, you get off and you feel like you need a shower and you feel manky. And then to be told, now go jump up and down and sing and get everyone pumped. I'd be like. Exactly. And it was like jet lag as well. It's like, I think we were, it was probably meant to be our two o'clock in the morning, but it was an evening in New York and we're supposed to be going, yay, everyone, let's have fun. Oh God, how about we just go sleep? (laughs) (laughs) So I guess like the band probably took you some great places around the world. We've been, I mean, we were so lucky. We travelled to many, many places. I think I loved San Diego, was probably my favourite city in America. Um, We went to Japan, which was probably the most fascinating place that we went to, to see the culture and just the diversities and the differences of what goes on for them. Um, Yeah, we've been many places. There's still many places I'd like to go. My dream destination is Bora Bora. I've still not made it there. Darn it. Really want to go. You just need to get now. If the Bewitched fans are listening in Bora Bora, we need you to put a demand for the girls post COVID. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you know, I was lucky enough, actually, not, not last year, obviously, because of COVID, but a couple of years ago, for a couple of years in a row, I did New Year's Eve in the Maldives, which was amazing. I uh, just took my band over there and then sang sang for an hour at New Year's and took them into New Year and had a couple of weeks holiday with my children. It was just the best best gig ever I was like this is an amazing job today you know my god I would love that and that's the thing that always intrigues me like people obviously know you from Bewitched but you've done other work singing jobs acting as well um Mm. I saw your show reel and the (laughs) but the thing is if people don't see you in the charts they assume you're not working yes that's very true actually um no I've been busy I've been busy over the years I did stop for a period of time and have my family I've got three children the youngest is nine now eldest 13 and in the meantime I was uh, well I actually retrained as a personal trainer and a neuromuscular therapist um in amongst the years as well and then I continued writing I wrote with a company called Xenomania for a while wrote music for them for them and trained as an actor that's not that long ago actually I've only been trained as an actor for about three years so I've only done a few 
few smaller projects or you know parts in really good shows but actually just relatively small for now and uh, I'm always writing always writing songs because I love them but that's I saw like your some of the songs you've written are quite big songs or you've co-written and like they're not mm. for they weren't for your band they're for singers and bands around mm-hmm. the world and like that's for me I didn't know that but then I just think it's because if you're not on the again you're not on the charts people assume well that person has faded away but actually you've just yeah. taken a different path because you can't always be girl band in the charts for 25 yes. years yeah no exactly yeah and it, you're right people just assume when they haven't seen you that you're literally doing nothing for a period of time I think I suffered some anxiety for that reason actually because you'd be kind of walking on the streets and people would stop you to speak to you and you're forever letting them down because you don't have the news they want to hear for from you it's just like oh actually I'm just doing this now and they're like oh what a letdown and it's like oh no I'm letting you down I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> like that's the thing as soon as a band splits up everyone's like when are you getting back together Mm-hmm. I know and we, I guess we were lucky because we got back together didn't we with the big reunion and we've been back together gigging since then and we did we did one record but it's really just at this point just to kind of give back to the fans for staying with us all these years but and the gigging is great now there's like no pressure on it and we know we do it well anyway so it's just amazing to turn up have a weekend with your friends and then gig obviously we haven't done anything for a year now which is a right pain in the neck it's like oh no come back we have a gig on um we've got a virtual gig on paddy's day for our first one in a year so i'm looking forward to that I saw you at um, Electric Picnic. What was that? Two? Oh, you did. At the Electric Garland tent. I love it. Oh my gosh. You know what? That was like one of the best gigs in the last few years, I have to say. Loved it. Um, We didn't really know what to expect because we hadn't been back home to gig that much. There'll be much more work for us in the UK. And obviously Electric Picnic is a fantastic gig to get. And um, oh, we were, it was just amazing. I'd love to do it again, actually. It was a really, really good one to do. Well, what was great as well for me and my friends went and what was great was all of you were there because I've been to Mm -hmm. see five, which was three Three. and (laughs) S Club, which was three um, Uh on that stage the years previous. So sometimes when you turn up, you don't know if it's going to be a full band. I think that was the first time we saw a band who had all the members on that. Yeah. I mean, we've been really lucky because we're generally always together unless somebody's having a baby because Lindsay and Keevy, <laughs> Sinead and I, our baby territory is gone now, but Lindsay and Keevy had just entered it a few years ago. So we've been three members a lot in the last two years, whether it's Keevy there or Lindsay there because they keep switching over. Um, but we are lucky and and it's really nice to see. Sometimes I even get a little bit bothered, you know, for a gigging with other people and I'm going, oh, it's only half of them again, you know. It's just like, I just want to see them all or, I don't know, just if it does feel different, doesn't it? It is, it's, and it's the nostalgia bit as well. You know, you're like, I saw this band, you know, 10 years ago and now there's only three of them and you're kind of like, oh, but my favourite's yeah. not there or whatever. I know, I hear you, I hear you. But then sometimes I wonder if they even half care, the audience, you know, where they think like, ah, just put four people up there singing their songs, we'll be happy out anyway. <laughs> just get four Irish girls, you'd be grand. Yeah, look, get them doing the jigs and singing the songs. Once the song comes on, it'll be grand. Yeah, yeah. There's a real want for that kind of stuff, though, like the what we went listened to in our teenage years and stuff coming back. It's funny how we're in our 30s now and we're like, I want to hear what I was listening to when I was a teenager. Isn't it weird? And I think a lot of it has come back through COVID as well. People have visited their childhood or their teenage years a lot. There's some comfort in those years, I think. 
Um, it's good for us. So hopefully, hopefully we'll just be allowed to gig more this year. We've got one more gig, I think, booked in that's been allowed go ahead in July. But other than that, it's still all looking like a quiet year for a second year in a row. It's like, oh gosh, come on. You know, it's like singers are the worst offenders. Apparently it's just like, oh no, we're not, please. We're not yeah. It's very hard when on obviously on the industry at the minute, like the music industry mm-hmm. full stop because there's no there's no right answer. Like yeah. people don't want to be in giant bubbles mm-hmm. to see a gig. They want people to jump around, yeah. no mask, sing out loud, hug no. inside them. Yeah, because going to a gig is freedom, isn't it? And you're not free if you're in a bubble or you're being told to stay in these two meters in a cage. It's it's just not the same. I don't think it's the same for us on the stage either, singing to people like that and not giving them what they're there for as well. So I get it. I get it. For what um for you guys, what was the kind of spur and was it the big reunion? Did someone come to you guys and say, Are you on for getting back together? Or were you already kind of thinking about it? No, we weren't thinking about it at all, actually. Um I'm trying to think who even came to us in the first place. Because we didn't have a manager. I actually don't remember who it was coming through. Oh, you know, actually I do. Um we've got an agent actually who helps with um reality tv and stuff like that davis at asm and it was him he brought it to kiwi and i i think initially and then we sort of spoke to the girls about it i didn't want to do it um i was really quite happy with where i was and also the children were quite young i just didn't know if i wanted that for them that kind of attention and stuff and and sinead and i had fallen out and hadn't really spoken much for Gosh, the guts of 12 years, I think. Wow. At that at that, at that, that point. So I just didn't want to bring all that back up. I was like, I, I don't know how I'm going to feel. And that was quite a heartbreaking friendship break. So I was like, I don't know if I want to go through that. And I said no. I said no for nine months. And they just kept asking and kept asking and kept asking. And eventually the three girls signed to do it without me anyway. And, and I just kind of reflected upon it and thought, I'm going to get all this attention anyway, even if I'm not there. And it just makes no sense to do it that way because Jay didn't go from five, but he got so much attention anyway. And and also he wasn't there to speak for himself. So I just kind of thought it's actually, let me just go along for the ride and see what it's like. And I'm so glad I did, not because I did the show, but because I got Sinead back in my life. I talked to her three times a day. She's my best friend and has been for a long time. And I've got my wife back, as I say. I never knew you guys had fallen out because I just always, because you got back as four and I never knew there was a stage that you weren't even maybe going to be part of that lineup. I suppose people mm-hmm. assumed that you guys had just stayed really close throughout those years. Yes, I know. And it wasn't, it wasn't a really obvious fallout either. It was kind of, Sinead and I were literally in each other's pockets and we were like husband and wife. And I think it got to a point where neither of us knew ourselves with each other and we needed the other one to always kind of answer things or figure things out and it it was just a bit probably became a little bit unhealthy like that um but we didn't realize that at the time it's reflecting back on what really happened and what we needed but at the time it was it just got a little bit kind of upsetting and ugly between us couldn't even tell you what that looks like now nor do I even want to because uh because she's awesome yeah, like it's amazing yeah. to think that there's probably people who have fallen out with people and uh, mm-hmm. maybe stubbornness throughout their lives won't pick up the phone or whatever. If, if the pandemic has taught us out anything, it's that people just reach out to somebody. First of all, it's someone new to talk to that you haven't spoken <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I'm bored of everyone else. Yeah, you exactly. Do you know what though? You're so right. And it's such a waste of time falling out like that, especially if somebody is so important to you. I think Sinead and I probably took so long to come back together because we were both, um, we both had really young children and we were making families. I had three children, she had two. 
And, you know, that's such a whirlwind in itself and you don't really have time for a period of years to think outside of you and your family anyway. Um, but yeah, I would definitely do that. And now I would never, I would always give more room to kind of discuss things more with people and figure it out before they go out of your life like that. And who knows, God, if the big reunion never came along, maybe Sinead and I would have figured it out or not. But I don't, I don't know if we would. We were always there for each other, you know, if each of us had a baby, we would turn up and congratulate each other and see the baby and stuff. But that's, that's all it was in those years. So I don't know. To think that you all, again, you mightn't have went for that. But I do think you're right that if you hadn't have gone for the big reunion, more attention would have been on you than on them. Because yes, everybody goes, so. why is she not there? Why is she <laughs> And you're going to be asked yeah. all the questions. Every Instagram mm-hmm. post would have, why are you not going? So it nearly yeah, draws definitely. more attention on you than anything else. Definitely. And it's a, this, um, these reality shows are so funny. They script whatever they want to script anyway, whether they're there or not. Uh, so it's it's quite nice to be there trying to tell your story at least, even if it isn't even if it isn't patched together that way in the end. It's really quite funny actually because that was our first brush with reality TV, so we didn't really know what to expect. So on that first episode with ourselves, I mean, we were as in we were as tense at home as everybody else was. I was on the edge of my seat, going, "Oh my gosh, what's going to happen next?" Because that's not what happened next. Do you know what I mean? And I was really on the edge of my seat and. Um, and then, you know, the odd thing taken out of context without the 20 minute conversation around it just looks different, doesn't it? But you just kind of you've just got to sort of suck that up and then just take it and go, it's entertainment. There's truth in it somewhere, albeit maybe 10 percent of it, but you just kind of accept it. And then there's what how people react at home, because obviously social media is so big now. So you just yes. go on Twitter and it's like <laughs> commentary about your life and you're like, no way, you don't do the whole thing. Yeah, no, it is funny. Like, and then, you know, at at first I remember wanting to defend myself to everybody who ever tweeted me. And then it's like, you have to get over that because everyone's going to have their opinion with or without your involvement or answer to them anyway. So you just have to not bother. And I remember doing the, um, The Apprentice in Ireland and Amanda Brunker and I got on so well. I mean, I absolutely loved her. I think she's great. And I thought, oh my God, I found a friend, I think here, like a really good friend. Um, when we were watching the, was it the final back? Maybe, I don't know, when we did the screening and we started watching the show, they really, they pipped us off against each other right from the beginning. But the the relationship that you could see on there wasn't the truthful one. That was just for like, you know, intense purposes for the TV. But Amanda kind of fell for the editing and she was like really upset with me. And I, and that really, I was really upset by that because I was like, oh no, I was like, I really thought I'd met a friend. And I was saying, you've fallen for the edit there. I said, I think that you should try and remember what we had throughout the series because I think we had something really good going. But she just couldn't get her head around that. Now, maybe that was her first brush with um, reality TV. I'm not really sure. But so those kind of things, I think, make it almost unkind um, <clears throat> because I, I, I did make a friend, but then you end up not making one because of the edit. But and you, have to, you just have to be careful. Probably similar in Big Brother, I think. You know, I came... And when you're in there, you think you're coming across one way. But when you get out, they've just decided who you are. And then they show those bits of who you are throughout it. And I thought I'd made friends for life in there as well. And when I came out, it's just like I don't talk to any of them now. The odd time I might talk to George, but I was like, oh, right. (laughs) It's really quite weird. I probably went in there quite naive thinking, hey, I've made myself some friends. And then it's like, oh, no, right. No, people aren't actually necessarily in these things to make friends. You know, it's funny. People have said to me throughout the years, like, oh, go on first dates there. Or like, would you, you know, when Big Brother first started, a friend of mine was like, let's do it for the crack. Like, yeah. was like, no, because 
you know, the the day that you're really tired, they're going to and you're grumpy. They're going to show all of that, but they're not yeah, going to yeah. show the day that you're great. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. And I think um, if you are like the Big Brother was so funny because it's like there's there's almost three stories. There's the one in the press. There's the one that you see on the telly, and then there's the actual story in the house that you're living. Um, and, the, and and then there's another one on the app as well. And I think the one, the stories on the app, I think is more to the truth than any of the rest of them. So Kiwi knew that I was having a ball in there, but she was the only one on the planet that knew that everyone else thought I was like dying and going, she's having a breakdown and she's heartbroken and she's this, that, and the other. And Kiwi was like, she's having a laugh. <laughs> yeah, she's gone in there to literally do what she's doing to have the crack. What is funny as well, because they stop you having a laugh because I think they want you sort of butting heads with people because I remember one day I remember you know we'd make bowling out of tinfoil and we had all the balls and then we had all the water bottles lined up and we were playing bowling having a riot like and then they were like oh this is big brother you must bring those things to the diary room we take them off you're like why would you take those off us and then I remember another day we had this big long perspex table for well it probably wasn't perspex some kind of plastic table for dinner and I was like oh my gosh it'd be so much fun to get in a black bag and pour fairy liquid all over that table and just zoom across it so we started doing that and it was great laugh and of course halfway through my second time across the table this is big brother you must clean up the table and bring us the bin bags it was like oh for god's sake i'm bored now you understand why so many people go in there and are like argumentative because they they've either been told that you're not going to get on screen if you're nice or (laughs) They go in there and they're so annoyed that Big Brother keep taking all the stuff off them. They're like, fuck this, I'm just going to cause a riot. (laughs) You just get bored, I think. I don't think anyone told me you won't get any screen time if you're not nice. I don't remember being told that, but you just get bored. And I do think they want you to be bored because when you're bored, you probably do get argumentative. Like, what else is there to do other than fall out with someone? And I'm bored out of my face. I'm just going to have an argument about pasta over here. Like, you know... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. and that's the things the rows are always ridiculous they're like hey you drank out of my cup and you're like what honest honest to god like ridiculous I mean I think Frenchie Morgan cut up Leslie's boxer shorts and I think it was over pasta I think she had may- maybe spilt the pasta on the floor I-, I can't remember but I know it was like what are you doing and then I think he threw her Ugg boots in the pool or I think I-, I was like don't be doing that like don't stoop to the level and I was like you guys are mental why would you do that so when you watch like reality shows now like I'm a celebrity do you kind of watch mm-hmm. that through the eyes of someone who's been through the reality show process I do and it's not as enjoyable actually and I do the same when I'm watching telly because I've done a bit of acting now every time I watch TV I can just see the studio and the way they're doing it and the fact that there's people around them on the camera it's like oh no you ruined it for me you've ruined it because <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking of I'm a celebrity this year and I'm like everybody was like oh we just love each other so much and I'm like everybody at was home very- was like boring do you know what and it's sad that isn't it but you're right I was bored watching it myself I actually quite like I'm a Celeb and it was so nice to see them getting on the way they did and I think it was the pandemic that brought them together like that as well because everybody was feeling a bit vulnerable and hadn't touched anyone for how long and they were able to hug each other and hang all over each other so I think it was inevitable but it was boring to watch it was just like oh he's fabulous and she's fabulous and we love them and they love them and it's like oh cry oh come on would you call somebody a bitch just once even would you even in the background or something you know yeah even like Mm. a drive-by bitch yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) exactly oh god so no reality tv for you in the future but you are 
going to you are doing acting is that's is that like your new passion now is that more than singing or is it like um, I think singing will always be my baby I think um I just, in terms of singing, I, I need to really kind of sit down and focus on what I want to do next for myself because I've been gigging with the girls for years and that's something that's always going to be the case. But I feel like I want to be a little bit more creative with my singing than that. So I've got to figure out what that looks like. Um, like I haven't had a year and a half to figure that out by sitting on my backside. I mean, you know, I, I felt so unmotivated throughout this whole thing, but I'm starting to get a bit more motivated, I think. So I've got to figure out what it is. Um, acting, I love Um it's one of those things, isn't it? It's it's just a hobby until the right thing clicks and that maybe it works for you. But yeah, I'd love to do some acting and in an ideal world, I'd like drama or movies. That's what I like. How do you feel going into it with, um, you know, directors and casting agents knowing you from a singing background? Do you think that makes it harder for you to kind of prove yourself or is it easier to kind of get a call, get a call back? Much harder. It's It's made it really quite difficult. I mean, my agent um, even says to me, she's just like, you're definitely a hard sell because of where you came from. And obviously I'm I, I'm an older woman kind of starting acting too. It's not like I've been acting since I was 10. It's not something I've been doing, uh, but it, do, it does get in the way sometimes, which is a bit of a shame. It gets in the way even to move forward in music, for God's sake. <laughs> they just put you in this little box called C'est la vie and you can't get out. And it's like, you know, like that was 22 years ago. You can let me out now, but... Don't you know, say 22 years ago. Was oh it? my God. It, well, it was 98. So 23. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. And like, if that come, come on now, I, like in a pub, mm-hmm. I would still get up and dance. So like. It's shocking, isn't it? <laughs> but I think um, it's the industry, I think, have you in more of a box than the public. I feel like the public actually are way more flexible than I, like that than what they'll allow people to be if, if they just would let us in the door in the first place. <laughs> Well, it's 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 so weird because you'll see some people that seem to get easily into every job going and they've no talent in any of them. They don't yeah. have enough talent in the one career, let alone 12. <laughs> and, then, so right, yeah. and then you'll see other people like, you know, you've gone and studied it. You've studied acting. So you would be thinking mm-hmm. that someone says, right, she's taking this seriously, but you have to mm-hmm. fight that bit harder. And it's that's annoying. I know. That's just life, though, isn't it? It is weird, you know, the most talented people are still sitting at home and nobody has discovered them yet. It's like, oh no, that's so sad. But it's like, it's like, it's like uh, being lucky enough, being in the right place at the right time and also putting yourself out there to be discovered. A lot of people don't do that, sure they don't. A lot of people don't, like you said there, like you're an older actress coming into it. A lot of people will have the same dreams as you and they're not in their 20s and they think that their time is gone. That's Mm -hmm. a message that has been drilled into us I suppose in many careers that if you didn't do it in your teens or your 20s don't even bother yeah which I just don't pay attention to because that just sounds like a load of crap doesn't it there's plenty of there's plenty of parts out there for older women so you know I can do it whenever you want in my opinion would it be better to have the background around you know behind you and on paper yeah you've just got to meet that right person who wants to take that leap with you I guess um so where are you, person? Take that leap with me. <laughs> or TE, if you are listening. <laughs> yeah. And you're doing this all at the same time as like being a mom to three kids in a pandemic. Like mm. being a single mom to three kids in a pandemic. Yeah, um, it has. It's a lot, isn't it? The pandemic has been a lot on, on everyone. It's uh, I've been grateful for most of it, I have to say, because I've had some incredible time with the kids, I think. Um, you know, it's been a financial disaster because obviously we haven't been at work for 
a year and it's going to probably go until the most of next year I think as well but in terms of emotions it's been it's been quite amazing really had time to find myself probably a bit more I love um I meditate a lot I went I got into meditation a few years ago I started meditation about three years ago and I've had loads of time to just discover myself even more and get delve really deep into that so I'm grateful for that as well and the kids have been up and down and I guess I've been lucky enough to be here to sort of support that and uh yeah be here for them I guess well like obviously that's amazing that you got this use this time to that per- to be productive in that sense to be working on yourself and to be there with the kids like I've found that there's weeks where I'm the most productive person in Ireland and then there's three weeks where <laughs> I can't even do a 5k walk you know that kind of way yeah no totally because it's just it kind of takes you into a bit of a depressive mode sometimes doesn't it like we're locked down we're not even allowed just be ourselves it's really odd I struggle with the concept of the whole thing to be honest just going how are we in a position to be told what to do or what not to do or it's really quite odd isn't it I never would have thought I would live through anything like this at all it's bizarre um to live through it and as you said be a mom so be homeschooling but trying to work on your mm -hmm. own career and work on yourself personally make you grow and not only that but your kids are different ages so there's different needs yeah, definitely. And I am not a teacher. I've learned that in this process. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not a teacher. No uh, retrain there. Um, yeah, I I don't know. The whole thing is crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and I, I mean, I found it so demotivating for a long time, I have to say. And not, not that I was going down on myself, but just in terms of career or singing or, you know, people were like, oh, you could do a singing thing like Gary Barlow or you could sing like that band and sing like this band. It's like, I can't be bothered. I, I don't want to do it. I don't feel like doing it at all. And I'm watching the likes of Gary Barlow and all these other bands do, the, you know, their social platforms are massive and they've got lots of things going on. And I was like, I don't know how you want to do that. I'm just, just I just haven't been interested. Didn't even want to put my hair and makeup on, to be honest. That's why I look like this today. Very similar things uh, still going on. Um, you know, and there was TVs kind of posed throughout it going, oh, do you want to go on the telly? And it was like, no, I have to get ready for that. Can't be bothered. <laughs> you know. The thing, it's also not the same because, you know, you have, let's say you haven't performed in a year and it's the first performance you want to do to be singing into your Instagram. You know, that kind I know. of thing. I know. It's weird. It is weird. Um, I'm starting to think that maybe it is at this point, but at the... At the very beginning of it last year, I was like, no, I can't be bothered singing into this little square. No. And I believe you decided instead to take on a new challenge with the podcast. Yeah, we did actually, because so the girls and I are always thinking about what's next and what should we do? Also very hard, can I just tell you, to schedule anything at all, even a meeting for a half an hour with kids in the way. It's like, oh, my Lord. You know, should we do Tuesday at nine? Well, I can't because she's going here, he's going there and they're going here, here, here. Shall we do Friday at like 7 p.m.? Well, I can't because it's bedtime, bath time, dinner time, um, yoga time, uh, karate time, horse riding time. It's like, oh, for goodness sake, it's like near impossible. So obviously we've got time on our hands and we thought we were sort of talking lots about I guess we were talking lots about remembering having to start again so many times in so many different ways. And throughout this pandemic, that's what everybody has either had to do or will have to do in the future. Yeah. So we we sort of thought, let's just talk about all of that together and share our own stories and see if it kind of helps people, I suppose, um, figure out their own path after this mess that's going on or even 
currently if they need it and we just ended up really just being quite honest about everything and talking about all the journeys we've been on <clears throat> excuse me in life you know obviously being dropped from the band um how we felt about after that and miscarriages some of us have had and divorce that some of us have had and you know financial loss that we had etc so we just really delve into all of it and just speak truthfully and honestly about it and it's been really nice it's been nice but it's also Mm. nerve-wracking isn't it a bit because you're like I'm really putting this out there to the world my biggest Mm. failures like well failures in inverted commas because you know depending on the scenario obviously but the the hardest times of my life yeah definitely I I mean I it's weird I I don't feel nervous about that you know Uh, we've never been in a position for anyone ever to really ask us these questions or to share these stories and probably because it's mostly post bewitched since we've come back it's all gigging so we don't have that media spotlight or attention anyway and I don't mind being open and honest and I've always been the same like when I had financial loss or lost everything I don't mind talking about it when you know kind of my husband and I split up and that was heartbreaking and a big and you know big mess moving country with the three kids when I'm at rock bottom I just don't mind kind of discussing those things and especially because we're just human at the end of the day and we all go through it, don't we? Um, It's kind of nice to know there's somebody else out there going through the same things, I guess, or nice for us to say, yeah, we go through it too. Completely. I just think there's an an Mm. I maybe it's the Irish thing where when somebody asks how you are and you've, you know, you've gone through a divorce, you know, you're you're not working and you're like, oh, I'm grand, I'm okay. You're so right. I mean, I guess in Ireland, and I forget that because I've been here, back here now for five or six years in England. Um, there's a real stigma, isn't there, with anything like that going wrong or therapy or anything like that. Um, and it's a shame because it actually helps us, doesn't it, to speak out. That's what I think has been hardest about this pandemic because when you are going through a tough time, you don't want to pick up the phone and tell someone. You just want somebody to come around for a cup of tea and notice. Don't you? Yeah. You just want yeah. that and you don't even need to, maybe sometimes you don't even need to speak about it. You just need to see someone who will distract mm-hmm. you for 20 minutes and then you're like, why was I moaning again? I can't remember. I know. And then you try and remember and it's just like, why am I trying to remember? Because that was a horrible space to be in. So just move on. <laughs> I do think the pandemic though is making us all be more aware of the things that we shy, we would shy away from. The things that you girls are going to be speaking about because mm-hmm. there's going to be people that have financial loss on a massive scale. Massive scale. Yeah. Loads of people. Whereas mm-hmm. it might have been one person, you know, that you know that went through something like that. There's going to be maybe yeah. divorce is going to be a booming business because people yeah. have been stuck in their houses with their partners that they never spent this much time together no I know it's really sad isn't it like it's uh there's just so much disaster is just going to come from this pandemic and the worst is yet to come obviously we can see the financial thing we've seen that for the last year and that's what they speak of but out the other side of it the amount of businesses when the support is gone that are going to close down and people losing their jobs is just going to be frightening and I know quite a number of people over here that have already split up and are going through a divorce over here through this pandemic as well would they have gone through it without it maybe but probably not for another four or five years it's just fast forwarded a little um it's crazy and I I know like with the financial loss like I had that I'm I'm trying to I don't know what year it was now but after Bewitched finished and stuff like that like you remember the Celtic Tiger was booming and then it fell apart and I lost all my money in property really and in divorce and I ended up with absolutely nothing and I came here with nothing and had to start all over again and it's it's a frightening place to be and especially when you have children because when it's just you you can sleep on someone's couch and not worry about 
you know, you just go, you know what, I'll just sleep on your couch or I'll sleep in your room and I'll figure this out as I go along. But when you have three children, it's like, I have to feed you and I have to get up tomorrow no matter how depressed I am or how how far my kind of head is on the floor right now. I have to get up and dress you and find a way of feeding you. And it's it's scary. It is scary. Is that why you went to the UK? Because, you know, so much was associated with Ireland, the divorce and, you know, the loss, the financial losses. You wanted a, 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 literally a clean start, a brand new start. I, I, Truthfully, I ended up coming to the UK because when I uh, split up with my husband, there was no one left. All my family are in the UK. My parents are in Portugal and my other sisters in America. And I had some friends, but all the friends have young families as well. So you don't you don't get that support from anyone really at that point other than your family. And I just didn't have anybody and I couldn't do it. I was so depressed. I was um, I just couldn't put one foot in front of the other. And my sister Tara lives over here. And she said to me, she was like, why don't you just come here to me and I'll help you pick the pieces up. And and I did exactly that. And she was my absolute hero for a number of years while I picked myself back up off the floor. Um, That's how I ended up here. So, and I'm glad I did. It was the right move for me and the kids and I, you know, we're happy and we've got ourselves back on our feet. And uh, yeah, it's, it's been great. It's been a really good move. It's been it's amazing how family, you know, you, I'm sure you and your sister growing up were like headbutting and fighting and then you stole my skirt and blah, blah, blah. The, you know, the yeah. stuff that like are seem massive when you're 12 and 13. For but God's sake, I know. Without that, without people like that in a circumstance like you've been through, like they're the ones that you call on. As you mentioned, your friends, you kind of feel like I'm going to put you out by calling you sometimes, whereas your sister, yeah. you just don't care. You're like, I'm coming, please. No, absolutely. Like whether you want me or not, I'm landing on your door like and and that's what family is all about. And we're lucky because the six of us, six siblings in our family, um, you know, so we've got that to turn to. Whereas Lindsay is an only child and we speak about that on the podcast as well. She's an only child and she lost her mother Um, her mother died while we were in the band and that. And I guess what was really hard about that was that we didn't know how to support her other than just being there for her because nobody could really have imagined how she felt not only losing her mother but not to have anybody else feeling the same as her or similar because they also lost their parents at that point um and it was really quite hard now she kind of says oh you were you guys were like my sisters and we were we supported her like that um but it just makes you think and yeah when we were younger we were probably like oh gosh these are the five siblings are doing my head in it'd be nice to be on my own but thank god i actually have them you know Oh, definitely. I've got three sisters and four dogs. So I'm like, you know, (laughs) without them, you just be like, they drive you mad. But in the same sense, they're the ones that, you know, that are going to be brutally honest with you, but also Mm -hmm. there no matter what. No matter what. And aren't dogs amazing? Dogs are amazing. Aren't they? We've, uh, the kids and I just got a dog last year. So last February, first dog that we've had up until now, they've been asking me for eight years. And I was like, oh no, I literally can't take on another thing. Like I'm on my own and this is a lot already. Um, so I kind of finally felt like I wanted one myself last year and it was the best decision ever. We're still as in love with her as the first day she came home and they don't give you any shit. No. Yay. Well, they, they give you poo, <laughs> but not shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's true. Um, and it's so lovely because all you get is love from her she just comes and gives you a holy heap of love or you know if you're feeling a bit down or you know the whole house has wrecked your head you just go oh come here and give me a cuddle and she just makes you feel better <laughs> and they're not mouthing off back to you saying will you make me dinner or whatever you're like yeah. I can just cuddle yeah. you and squeeze you yeah that's so nice like so and come here tell me when the, the is the podcast coming out so anyone who's listening wants to know What's the crack with it? Yes. The podcast is, we're launching it on Paddy's Day, 
Why not? Obviously. Um, Obviously. And it is, it's called starting over, bewitched starting over. And it really is just about the amount of times that we've had to start over again for an, in, throughout many circumstances, losing jobs, losing family, losing friends, losing people, again, miscarriage and stuff like that. So just sharing our stories and hopefully people are comforted by those um, stories, really. Sounds like people will, will have at least one story that will resonate with them. Definitely. And yeah, is definitely. it every week or how's it going to go? Yes, I think we're going to do it every week. We've done six for now. Um, so it's going to be a series of six. And then if it's received well, then we will see where we go after that and then maybe start recording more. So, Oh, brilliant. It sounds like it's going to be really good, really honest, which is very much mm-hmm. welcomed. Yeah, no, definitely. That's all we can be is honest, isn't it? Yeah, well, everyone, that's what people are craving in 2021. Just a bit of honesty. That's mm-hmm. all we want. That's all I want. I can't be dealing with the bullshit like. <laughs> how are you? How are you? You're going to be sorry you asked me that question. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's my problems. Sit down. Here's a cuppa. I'll tell you them all. Yeah. Have you got a week? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Adele, you've been such a star talking to me for so long. I just realized how long I had you today. I know. I was like, oh, my God, I'm sorry. I was waffling. You're probably like, someone shut her up. Like, No, yeah. I loved it. It's been, so, it's been so nice. And like, so nice to some talk to somebody who isn't afraid to like talk honestly there's so many times I'm talking to people and they're just like let's just talk about the album and you're like oh I know I know what you mean yeah no it is nice and, th- and this is the way things are going and especially with podcasts it's like it's just having a chat with your mate isn't it and that's what it kind of feels like um like I feel like you're a bit of my mate now at the end of it <laughs> yes how's how's it going Nicola yeah you're my mate now <laughs> oh look when I, when this opens up I'll be coming over to visit you in England I'll be like how oh are my you god exactly here? yeah have a night now have some drinks <laughs> woo woo touch each other oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> listen Mrs. But, um, go and enjoy the rest of your evening and pet your doggy for me and I will I really um, appreciate it. It's such a lovely hour chatting to you. All Watch. right, my lovely. You take, take care, care of yourself. Bye, lovely. Bye. Bye. Well, now, what did you all think of that? Did you enjoy the chat with Idel uh, and also the throwback there with the Smash Hits tours and, you know, the likes of the big reunion and Five and all that? Oh, my God, I was in my element. I was like, I really wanted to ask so much more, you know, what was Abs like? What was this like? You know, da, 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 da. but I didn't. Um, I didn't go that way. Again, just let the conversation flow. And sure, look, we went from everything from, you know, say lovey being, oh my God, 23, 23 years old. Oh my God, that actually terrifies me. Um, where is the years going? Um, to, from that to, you know, marriage breakups and financial loss and, you know, and friendships breaking down. Like it just oh, it was such a great chat. And I really have to say thanks to Adele for being so honest and open and uh yeah, it was just it was brilliant. And as of course, as you heard there, Bewitched's podcast starting over is going to be is going to be out on St. Patrick's Day. So you'll get that in you know, Spotify and Apple, all the usual spots. So I've I am definitely signing up to that. It sounds right up my story. I love a bit of honesty. I love a bit of, you know, what's been going on in people's lives and people being truthful and helping people. So I am definitely, definitely going to be listening to that on Wednesday. Also, what else will I be doing? Because it's St. Patrick's Day and we're in lockdown. I can't exactly go out and uh, throw on the, the green and go to the Dame Tavern now, can I? Um, if you are listening to this and 
you've enjoyed it, please do go follow us. Uh, follow me. Sorry, uh, there's no us. It's just me. Me and the dogs. Uh, yeah. So the dogs are my producers and <laughs> my researchers. Um, please do go follow me on Spotify or wherever you're listening to this. Um, go, go follow it and you'll be able to get a reminder ne- next Saturday when the next episode comes out. Um, or if you've only listened to this episode, I have released two today. So there is another one. Just go and have a go and have a wee goo and you'll be, that's there too as well. But honestly, it really means a lot to me. I'm expecting six listeners. So if I get more than that, I'll be bloody delighted. And six of them is including my three sisters and my mum. So um, I'll honestly be delighted with anything more than that. Um, Also, you heard at the start, we had some snippets, uh, some clips of some Irish phrases and some Irish uh, words. And I'm going to be including them in every episode because, you know, embrace a bit of Irish at the start. So if you have heard, if you've got a favourite word, phrase, turn phrase, you know, sentence that Irish people and only Irish people will probably understand, do send them to me. I'd love to get your voice notes um, and we, you could hear it in an upcoming episode. So you can find me on Instagram and it's tis yourself. Or email me, which is easiest. Um, well, tisyourself at gmail.com. Yeah, that actually is it. <laughs> that is my email address. And honestly, I would love to hear them because, you know, what is slang in Cork is not slang in Galway and what's slang in Donegal is not slang in Dublin. So, you know, keep them coming and we'll include as I'll, every episode. I'll include some newbies as much as I can. Listen, go and look after yourselves. Be kind to each other and have a bit of a relaxing weekend or if you're listening to us during the week you know turn down tell your boss you're too busy for a zoom you're too busy listening to tease yourself all right go on good luck go on will you go on will you go on right see you go on bye 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 keep her lit yeah bye 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 Bye.